Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of Mark Meets. I'm Martin. Now, I have a confession to make to you, dear listener. This is a re-upload of an interview I did with Danny Trejo back in 2021. I put it up for two reasons. One, as this is a brand new podcast, I'm desperate to get some ears to listen. And secondly, because it came up on my fiance's Facebook page today in her memories, that two years ago today, I interviewed Danny Trejo. So I thought it's the anniversary, what perfect time to exploit this old content to get new listeners. So enjoy. I'm now joined by Mr. Danny Trejo. Danny, I'm going to ask the most important question I think I can. How are you? I'm blessed. Thank you so much. And uh, God, it's great to be on this show. And where are we at? I'm in London. So South I London. love London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did the Muppets Most Wanted in London. You did? Yeah. How was that? Yeah. yeah. yeah it was awesome. It was like so much fun. Uh, God, was, that, was that Pinewood? What's that? Was that Pinewood? I, I did I did the Muppets Row in London and in uh by uh by the big college too. Uh right outside of London. Where was that? Oxford. Uh, Oxford, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a t-shirt. I got a t-shirt that I went to Oxford and uh ever the the Londoners that are in America will look at me and go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I asked you on today to talk about your new book, which I read. And my plan initially was to like read a chapter a night until uh-huh. today. And I did it all in one night. I couldn't put it down. Thank so you. what was the inspiration behind writing this? Well, I, I did a, a documentary a few years back called Inmate Number One. And, uh, it, you know, I've been trying to, everybody's been trying to get me to write this book for so long. And I, uh, every time I tried it, I, I got like a, an English liter- literature major to help me. And it just didn't sound like me. You know, it just always ended up like a English lesson. And so I, uh, I, I finally ran into this friend of mine that I've known for years since 1991, a guy named Donald Logue. And we're like best friends in the world, you know? Yeah. And uh, he said, let's try to do this. So we did it. And Donald is not only an English literature, major, he's from the streets. He grew up on the border of Mexico and, and America. Now that's not only the streets, that's the alleys. Okay. I mean, that's just, and so in fact, Donald Logue didn't know he wasn't Mexican until he was like 16. <laughs> you know, they called him El Rojo because red hair. You know? And uh, and so we, we had this bond. And when I, I gave the I gave the book to my uh, my kid's mom, Maeve, and uh, I said, read this. And she goes, you know, Danny, this sounds like I'm talking to you. This is your words. And I and she knows, you know, and and. Uh, so me and Donald, we wrote the book and I just wrote it as a letting people know, because she said it, what made you not just, she said that the documentary was very nice. I was a bad kid. I got in trouble and now I'm good. But where's the journey? And yeah. so it's like when I got into what my mom, my dad, and and, and uh, then it was almost like a purging for me. Yeah. To understand it was yeah, almost yeah. like purging. It was, it was like, wow, now I, you're only as sick as your secrets and I have none. 
Yeah, you you are very open. It's got to be the most raw account of prison I've ever read. And I learned lessons from your book that I hope I never need. Yeah. But just what is your first day in prison like when you arrive there and like the shutters shut? Well, if you've never been, if you haven't been raised by the state, then it's a shock. I mean, it's a, it is, I've, I've watched people commit suicide. Just, the, just ah, you, know, you can't believe this because you, you get this taste in your mouth and the taste is tension. It tastes like, like one of those, those copper, not copper, the, the lead pennies. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, it tastes, it's a, and you have it. In, it's like this, cause it's your, and it does, you know, that no matter how tough you are, somebody wants to kill you. It's not about tough. And uh, now if you've grown up in the state juvenile hall camp, youth authority, youth authority, youth authority, prison, do you understand? If you've yeah. grown up that way, then you'll walk into prison and you'll hear somebody, hey, Trejo, you're a bitch, you know? And so, oh, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, so, so it's like, you know, a lot of these people from different places, but still, when you walk into San Quentin, it is like you, the tension, the ghost of the people that have been beat to death, the ghost of the people that were stabbed, the ghost of the people that were shot and died in the gas. It's like, they're all there and they're all just like watching you. And it's like this, this, this unbelievable feeling of being squashed in a vice of, of tension, you know, a vice of tension. And, yeah, yeah. and you learn to live with that or you die. Cause you talk a lot in the book about um, a riot that started over a piece of bubble gum. And I guess that just yeah. kind of illustrates what the tension is like in prison and something that simple I, can. It, it, you know what? I mean, are you kidding? There's been guys killed. There's a shoe wars uh, in, in, in that, that uh, somebody stole a pair of shoes and gave them to Robot and Robot, uh, the guy's shoes, say, hey, that's both of my shoes. And Robot went in and killed both the guys in a cell and bang, 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 bang. And that's why the North is fighting the South. You know, northern Mexicans are fighting the southern Mexicans. Yeah. Oh, it's like kind of stupid, but a lot of internal politics and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So you also talk about like robbing a store with a hand grenade. Yeah, so, I heard about that, and uh, <laughs> it was just you know something that Dennis had a gun, but yeah. I just walked in to do it. He said, "Okay, yeah, give me some, give me your money," and. Guy's looking at this hand, trying to figure out, you know, and gave me the money. It was only about 80 bucks, but... No one's going to argue with you when you got a hand grenade. <laughs> so what, what's going through your head at the minute when you walk in the store with that? What What are you thinking? I might get some money. You might might get some money. Oh. Yeah, it's... You know, you, you... It's like walking in with a gun. Yeah. You know? It was funny when we did a movie Heat. Yeah. Robert De Niro, Val Kilmer, Tom Sizemore, they all wanted to know what it felt like to walk into a bank with a gun. I looked at at Michael Mann, the director, and he's holding a gun for him. I don't know, I know what it feels like. 
<laughs> he, everybody laughed and we walked into the bank. Some first thing, somebody said, hey, Trejo, what's up? You <laughs> De Niro and Val Kim, they all got pistols. <laughs> You served a bit of time with Charles Manson, and I like the way you characterize him in the book, where he just like he was nothing in prison. He was yeah, just like you, you got to remember, Charles Manson couldn't have did what he did anywhere else but where he was at. Pick a bad neighborhood in London, and yeah. you think Charles Manson could go there and get the girls? No, to, no of course not. They'd have pimped him out. I mean, <laughs> Compton, Watts, East LA. But what he did, he his. Time was right. Satan's just set up the time perfectly. Yeah, yeah. The 60s, hippie, broken girls coming from all over the the United States, girls that had been molested by their dads, their uncles, raped by. And so he's got them all in this one little spot. And they're they're being abused and and raped by the by the pimps from Oakland and you know, and uh and uh, uh and uh, San Francisco. So, so hate Ashbury, you know, yeah. Free love, but, but you know, somebody's not supposed to get paid for it anyway. So George Perry, my friend who was also the first time he went to Stan Quinn was 1935. He told me about them. Girls. He said, Those girls were, they were, they were like crying in the streets. You know, they weren't like, you know, like Johnny said, uh, uh, they had nobody. They were they weren't like running around dancing free love. They were they were being pimped. So Charlie came by with all the acid and and a bus and saying, "Come on, follow me." And you know, then they did. They 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 all got daddy issues. Now they got a daddy. So it was kind of the perfect time for him. Yeah, you know. But but when we saw him. In Vacaville, you know, when he was doing those, uh, uh, how do you say, when he was doing those. He was doing uh, like the guided meditation for you, wasn't he? No, no, no. When he was doing, when he was doing the, the, uh, what do you call it? When he was doing those interviews in Vacaville after oh, yeah, he had yeah. killed everybody. And he's talking to yeah, well, you know, uh, and this is what we're doing. Bro. We were like, oh, <laughs> slap that little bitch. You know, because we literally, he just got us loaded on, on, he could, he was a hypnotist and he got us loaded on, on weed. And then I said, well, it can me loaded on heroin. And three of us, two of us got loaded. One of us couldn't get loaded. And this is when I found out something about heroin. I said, well, how come he didn't get loaded, Charlie? He said, asked him, have you ever been loaded on heroin? He said, no. So well, your mind doesn't know how to react. Oh, you needed that memory. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. You needed that memory. You know, and so, and you got to remember, most people will do anything for their drug dealer. And besides being a messiah, <laughs> he was a drug dealer. Yeah. So he, he got everybody drugs. You know, so, and I got to say, you know, when you're broken, you're broken. And I yeah. felt sorry for those little girls because the right time, Satan got them right at the right time and right space. Satan won that battle. It, it's sad. Uh, moving on to a happier subject. My wife wanted me to ask you about Animal Crossing because she said that you're a massive fan. <laughs> <laughs> she spent you know the whole of lockdown playing Animal Crossing. So. Oh, well, I, you know what? Listen, I, I have... Uh, uh, 
I helped raise a couple of autistic kids, right? Yeah. And Theo kept bugging me about about do do Animal Crossing, do Animal Crossing. I mean, Shut up, the other one do Animal Crossing. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know how to turn a, the the computer on. I'll do it. And uh, and so, but my son came over and said, "Hey, Dad, you want to pay for this?" Oh, really? Yeah. I told you. Yeah, but you didn't tell me they'd pay me. So so I started doing and I fell in love with Animal Crossing. Yeah, and yeah. it was like so cool. And now I think they're trying to get a uh, a TV series with oh, with wow. me as as I thought I, and I was hey, I was so cute. Tell your wife I said I went. <laughs> All right. Now this question comes from my mum. Um, I've got to ask it because she's my mum. Con Air is her favorite film of all time. She wanted to know what that was like to work on. That was so funny. They got all the wannabe tough guys in Hollywood, right? Uh, and uh, put them all on the same plane. And uh, if you had a, if somebody would spit, well, then somebody else would spit a little <laughs> further and put in a big, everything was a contest. Everything. The testosterone ran crazy. Me and uh, 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 Ravira, we were, just, we were the only two guys. We got to step aside and just like, wait a minute, we don't get into this, you know. And Benny Yukitas, who was five-time world champ kickboxer, was also uh, uh, John Cusack's yeah. sensei. And John Cusack is really tough. He's not... He's not just Hollywood. He can, yeah. he can, he, he can, he can sling them. And uh, Benny would always come pick me up at lunch and say, "Come on, let's get out of here." I go, "What, Danny? You grew up with my brother Mondo. Mondo didn't play well with others, <laughs> and, and he was a sore loser. And you're just like him." So me and Benny would kind of sit lunch out. This is a good time. Had a blast, yeah. man. It was fun. Nicholas Cage, everybody's talking about how tough they were. Nicholas Cage one time said, Hey, the only one I'd be scared of to meet an alley was Danny Trejo. All you other guys are full of shit. <laughs> uh, Danny, I could ask you another hundred questions. I've got loads I want to ask you, but I know you're very busy, so I'm going to let you get on. The Thank book's you. out now. I really enjoyed it. I highly recommend it to people. And you've got the book there. There it is. Trejo, My Life of Crime, Redemption, and Hollywood. I highly recommend it. Danny, next time I'm in, I'm in LA, I'm going to pop by your taco place and please, get some tacos. Yeah, please, yeah. tell them to call me. I'll be there. If I'm not there, call, tell them to call me. Will do, mate. Thank you very much for this. God Thanks for your time. You. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, how great was that? I was honored to talk to Danny Trejo that day. And sadly, I only had 15 minutes with him. So it's a short but sweet interview. Now, if you did enjoy it, please consider leaving me a five-star rating on your podcast app of choice. Like, subscribe, share the word. Thank you.